0: Welcome to Fanboy and the Hater, a podcast hosted and
1: produced by Mike Hall and Jim Harris where we discuss the best and worst in movies, TV, and pop culture. Edited by Jim Harris. And music by Mike Hall.
0: Jim, holy crap, do you realize that you have put up with my bullshit for two years now? I am painfully
1: aware that I've been putting up with your bullshit for two years.
0: Painfully aware. (laughs) Two years. And you know what I've discovered throughout this two years? What's that, Mike? Did you know that there's a franchise called Star Wars that's actually pretty awesome? Star Wars? Yes. The I'm War not... of Stars.
1: I think I may have heard of that.
0: Yes. Seeing as how, as usual, we are both wearing Star Wars shirts. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been talking, mostly me, but we've been talking quite a bit over the last couple of years about doing an episode where... We kind of compare, contrast, and argue a little bit about the characters of Luke Skywalker versus Darth Vader. And our first episode, we started in on that conversation a little bit. We just I just wanted to expand on that a little bit more. I'm not really feeling it. There's something missing. So you know what? Why don't you roll the clip of that first episode where we talk about the characters a little bit? I'll be right back. <laughs> So we thought for our first episode, when we talk about our origin story, we would talk about our origins, what gave us our opinions, who do we connect with in pop culture as we go forward. Do you want to go ahead and start us off with that, Jim?
1: Certainly. We each chose three fictional characters to help explain our origin to the perspective that we have when we approach movies, TV, and pop culture. The first ones will actually be rather telling. (laughs) For me, my first one is Luke Skywalker, and the reason for this is when the original Star Wars trilogy came out, it came out in 1977, 1980, and 1983, I was all of 12 years old by the time that trilogy completed. So Star Wars, the original, A New Hope as it's now called, was actually the first movie that I ever saw in a movie theater. And I immediately identified with Luke Skywalker because I wasn't as cool as Han Solo. Although I was probably as dorky as C-3PO, I wanted to identify with a human character. And Luke Skywalker really was the character that I related to. Someone who didn't quite fit in with his family and longed to do something more than what he was currently doing. A little bit naive, not really sure what the wider world looked like. But it was that character, and Star Wars in general, that pulled me into a lifelong love of space-based science fiction. If only Jar
0: Jar existed when you were a child.
1: Try not to yell.
0: (laughs) So my first nerd experience was also pretty much Star Wars. When I was very, very young, probably three or four I grew up watching Star Wars. Is the only movie I ever watched for most of my childhood, because we didn't really watch movies. But I always really connected with Darth Vader. I saw Luke. He was a good guy. He was trying, but he was sloppy and whatnot. Vader was dark and powerful, mysterious, feared, larger than life. Everything that I wanted to be, minus, you know, the evil part. And I didn't really want to be evil. <laughs> but otherwise, Vader was everything I, I loved. And... I mean, that probably shaped me quite a bit. Uh, I've always been into dark things.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, dear. All right. <laughs> I feel better. I, I'm, I, I'm feeling it now. I'm ready to go. <laughs> <sighs> Darth silliness has entered the building. Correct. Something like that. I just, I just need my Sith robes
1: is that just a is that literally a sith robe or what is that yes it is you you bought a sith robe i
0: i this is my robe that i wear when i need a robe wow (laughs) all right now that i'm ready to go why don't you get it started
1: so you had said like up the top luke skywalker versus darth vader which is why, for a long time, I've resisted having this conversation, because I really don't think there d- is much of a debate, especially when you stick to Star Wars canon. Mm-hmm. Darth Vader has a much more complete story arc, and is more interesting and more powerful. From a story arc perspective, when you look at the, the first two trilogies, obviously not when the original trilogy came out, they both kind of had a, an open-ended story arc, but you were The thing about the original trilogy is you saw the end of Vader, Mm -hmm. which made you wonder, well, what happened before, not only with Vader and also with the Emperor, but also with the Jedi. And then the prequel trilogy gave us the rest of Darth Vader's story. So we saw him from a child all the way through how he became Darth Vader. And then even the other canon and non-canon material blends in so much easier with Vader because his complete story is laid out in canon. Luke Skywalker, there's very little to work with because, like, for the first 18 years of the character's life, there's nothing happening because he's hiding in plain sight on Tatooine. Mm -hmm. And I don't even care about Luke's stories before A New Hope because nothing could be happening in them. Right. And then we just basically see a little bit of his potential journey, and then at the end of The Return of the Jedi, it's just a wide-open question, which has only recently been filled in with a little bit of canon material. I can draw on a lot of non-canon material, but still, even using the non-canon material, Darth Vader slash Anakin Skywalker, much more complete, much more interesting, obviously much more powerful.
0: Yeah, that, that was something when we first started discussing it, you were like, well, absolutely no way, because there's no contest. And I was like, well, a lot of what you ended up liking about Luke Skywalker in the big picture came from non-canon Legends novels. Uh, and most of what I ended up liking about Darth Vader came from non-canon comic books. It's was like, so why would we draw on only the canon material when the non-canon material is so much more interesting and makes us enjoy the characters so much more? And I know on, on the Luke Skywalker side of things, so and really on both of them, so I I rewatched the trilogy uh, quickly, just the original trilogy, just to remember what, what exactly happened in what areas and stuff like that, because for Luke Skywalker, I've, I've often joked that Luke is such a boring character that his name is Luke. In a galaxy with so many interesting, unique names, and the main character that everybody's supposed to love is Luke, which is the most ordinary name they could have come up with, they could have called him Mike or Jim, even. I mean, it's <laughs> just boring names. But really, even Vader in the original trilogy didn't do much. Like, he's, he's large and he's menacing. It's obvious he's in charge and, and all that stuff, but he doesn't really do much. He doesn't show a lot of power other than force choking, moving a couple things around. So on Luke's side of things, yeah, you don't see the first 18 years. And then you see him somewhat start to train. You get a little bit of a training montage. And then all of a sudden, he's a full Jedi Knight.
1: I would argue he's not, but yeah. Well,
0: I mean, he claims to be at least. Yeah. And so you don't really see any of that journey either.
1: Now, Luke's journey in the original trilogy, I, I I still actually, not to go off on a tangent, but the story of the original trilogy, I think, is really good. In part because a lot of it is left open to interpretation and open-ended. Like you said, we don't really see the fierceness of Vader is not something that we really know as much from the original trilogy. It's more like these prequel trilogy showing us how he got there and then the canon and non-canon material in between the trilogies mm-hmm. that really shows us why he's such an amazing character. Right, But at least the original trilogy makes you wonder, well, what happened? You know, how did he become Darth Vader when he was originally Anakin Skywalker? Where did the Emperor come from? What was it like when Jedi Knights were around? So it piques your curiosity and makes you want to know more. Mm -hmm. For Luke, I think that the story of the original trilogy deserves credit for making Luke as weak as he was. Like, with a very brief training montage with Yoda, if Luke didn't get his ass handed to him, pun intended, by Vader, it would be very unrealistic. So Vader easily defeats him in Empire Strikes Back, cuts off his hand, and if Luke wasn't Vader's son, Vader just would have killed him. Yeah. and uh, Or the other angle that we know from a lot of extended material, the whole Sith thing of Join me instead, and collectively, we can defeat the Emperor. So he wants Luke both to recruit someone to help him overthrow the Emperor, but also to spare his life because it's his son. And then in The Return of the Jedi, I also think that the story deserves a lot of credit for... Luke doesn't, like, show up and kick ass. Luke beats Vader this time in The Return of the Jedi, arguably because Vader is holding back a little... And Luke gets angry and loses composure. But once he defeats Vader, the Emperor's like, good job. Now you become my apprentice. He's like, no, I'm a Jedi like my father before me. And he just throws his lightsaber away. He doesn't even bother to fight the Emperor. Or the movie doesn't even bother to waste time having him fight the Emperor. Mm Because he would lose. It would be no contest. So he gambles on the whole... Maybe if I can just stall long enough, the space station gets blown up by the rebels and we all die anyway. Or maybe I can appeal to that light that I think is still in my father and he'll defeat the Emperor. And that's who really defeats the Emperor. Luke really doesn't... Right. He's not really the quote-unquote hero. His journey is only really ready to begin, I would argue, at the end of Return of the Jedi.
0: And I agree, and that kind of goes back to why I was saying we got to go non-canon, because yeah. Luke doesn't become an interesting character until after those movies. Exactly. And since the sequel trilogy doesn't really exist, there's yeah, nothing and, there to talk about.
1: Again, and yeah, and yeah, the sequel trilogy doesn't really exist. I was deeply disappointed with the sequel trilogy, and I'll come back to this again later. Luke is part of it, but my main disappointment really with Star Wars in general is the Jedi. I'm very disappointed with the, with the canon Jedi stories. And then Luke's story in the sequel trilogy is bad. But I also think that what has now been canonized is a massive overcorrection. But really, the only thing we see Luke do in the sequel trilogy is this massive display of force power when he does nothing else. Mm-hmm. And the other massive overcorrection... Of the end of the second season of The Mandalorian, having him come in and be like basically Vader level badass, unrealistic. Like, even in the non canon material, which we'll get to, Luke becomes powerful, but not like that, and definitely not that fast. So, it's like, it just that's why I earlier in the podcast I recorded a uh, a jimmy-so that, as far as I'm concerned, Star Wars canon ends with Return of the Jedi because I don't really like anything that comes after it, Mm -hmm. especially the Jedi Force stuff, and Luke is a big part of that. But again, I'm just disappointed with all of it after Return of the Jedi. And again, like I said, there's nothing really... uh, We can go into stories that I do like about Luke from the Legends novels, but massive disappointment.
0: Yeah, that's fair.
1: And again,
0: we don't... In canon especially, we don't really get much from it. So we don't know what happened in Luke's life, like basically his entire life. But kind of same thing with Vader. We don't really know what happened in Vader's life either. We, we see him as a kid and then we see him turn into an adult, get killed as Anakin and become Vader and then skip forward to he's full on Vader and he's a fully fear like everybody's scared to death of him. But we don't know why. We don't know what he's done. We don't know anything. He's just this mysterious character. And kind of like what you were saying of, yeah, we have a more complete story arc. But unless people were really deeply interested in Vader, we don't have that. We never would have gotten that series. We, so
1: Yeah, that's true. Although, again, the, uh, the Clone Wars animated series gave us more insight into Anakin. Yeah. Not, again, there is a gap of like 10 years after The Phantom Menace and before Attack of the Clones, where we have not seen a 10-year span where he's the Padawan to Obi-Wan. And yeah, I'm sure that those adventures, I don't even know if there would be a lot of interest in those stories, but they exist, but we see him sort of at the end of his Padawan tenure, and then him basically being caught up in a war and being agitated Mm -hmm. about the Jedi way, which again is much better handled in the Clone Wars animated series, but I would argue that one of the reasons why there's so much material, both canon and non-canon, it's, I think, ultimately easier to write for Anakin and Vader because that framework of their complete arc is there from the movies and the bad guy is kind of easier to write somehow in some respects. Yeah. So there's a lot of much more awesome Vader stories that are either non-canon or canon material that people haven't consumed, like from either animated series or comic books or books mm-hmm. that are awesome. And, and in, in terms of understanding how brutal Vader was and, and also his conflict with the light and dark thing, yeah, that's absent from canon, like you said. Unless people went yeah. to look for it, they wouldn't find it.
0: Right. And that's really... Obviously, my love for Vader came from the original trilogy, and I, I was trying to, when, in watching the trilogy uh, last night and this morning, trying to reconnect and remember why, you know, I loved him so much. Because, I mean, I know why. As I said in the clip that we said, you know, he's giant bat. Basically, everything that I, want, I wished I could be. Because, like you, I felt more like a Luke. You know, I, I, wanted, I wanted to get out, do something different, be something different. I felt trapped where I was in this weak emo i wanted to be more in control you know and so i connected i I wanted to be vader more like vader but again we don't get much about him He's, he's cold he's ruthless he's mysterious we don't really know anything about any of that so why like why why do we connect or like that character so much when we don't even know anything about that character and I think it is just because of the way they happen to portray him. And, and a lot of it, if you actually look in the, this, the history of filming it, a lot of it ended up almost accidental. Getting the right voice, making him so big. You yeah, know, so stuff like, like seven that.
1: feet tall. And right, In exactly. that like monstrous outfit, he just seems larger than life and yeah. non-human. And you, you just get bits and pieces, like Obi-Wan saying he's more machine than man. Right. And you get when his helmet gets taken off from return of to Jedi, you can see he's all messed up, but you have no idea. At that point, you have no idea why?
0: Well, and, you actually you get that in Empire, too. There's a brief thing where he's in his capsule oh, thing, yeah. and the helmet's coming back on, and you see like a, the broken egghead thing right. going on. And you're like, "Whoa, wait, what's, what's going on? There's a story there somewhere.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What is it? And that goes into why I like the comic books. So I mean, obviously I'm a comic book guy anyway. But really, all of the comic runs of Vader happen right there, like right at the end of Episode 3, leading up to Episode 4. They're all in that time frame, and they're all explaining, like, what happened to him? How did he get there? Why is everybody so scared of him? What are all, what are all the feats that he's done? What do people know about him? All of that stuff is answered, in these. most of them are now legend also, but they're all in those comic books. That's where I like to live, is in that area for Vader.
1: Yeah, and I've read some canon and non-canon books that fit in that time frame in between the third and fourth Star Wars movies. But is there anything... We, I think we've talked off mic about this, that in your mind, Anakin and Vader are two different people.
0: Yeah, I mean, and he says it all the time. That name means nothing to me now. That Anakin is dead. All that stuff he says all the time. And depending on what you're looking at and reading sometimes some of anakin bleeds into vader but most of the time he's very different you know anakin had a lot of emotion anakin had a lot of he's driven by emotion really whereas vader is just cold emotionless very to the point getting from point a to point b nothing stopping him he's just getting there where Anakin may kind of veer off and do other things and, you know, stop to take care of somebody that
1: fell or something like that. He had a sense of humor too. A little bit. So yeah, he had more of a he had more of a personality yeah. when he was Anakin. And I mean you could argue that most of that might have burned away on Mustafar when a significant portion of his body is destroyed. Right. And that's why he has to live inside the Darth Vader suit. And maybe just the psychological effects of going from having been a reasonably good looking guy with a good looking wife and kids on the way to being deformed and and hideous and trapped inside that suit for mm-hmm. the rest of his life. Had to have had a pretty big effect on him, and that's why it was probably so easy for him to give in to anger and hatred. And we we'll right. see a lot of ruthlessness in The Vader in between those movies. One of my open questions was, how do you think it would have been different? Like, Anakin, in the prequel trilogy, he technically becomes Darth Vader before he goes in the suit. Mm -hmm. So he becomes Darth Vader when he goes over to kill the younglings and just whoever happens to be in the Jedi Temple. Right. And then he goes to Mustafar to slaughter the Separatist leaders and all that stuff. What if, on Mustafar, he either killed or defeated Obi-Wan and stayed that Anakin with everything except for the missing part of his arm that he lost in his duel against Count Dooku, do you think he would have been a very different character? Depends. Does Padme still die? Well, that was the next thing I wanted to go into before I... But but the rest of that, it was like, what if also Padme didn't die or if she did he somehow got a hold of the kids. Because one of the, I don't want to throw everything at you all at once, because mm-hmm. the other, what I wanted to say is, imagine how much different Luke would turn out if Anakin actually trained Luke from a child Yeah. onward. So so, so again, so I don't want to throw everything, both of you. So first off, Anakin, just first. Well, the, so the
0: reason I asked that question, very specifically that question, was because in one of the comic books they actually address it. I think it's the Darth Vader and the Ninth Assassin series. Okay. I think it's that one. Basically, throughout all of the... There's like five big Legends series. There's just five book series, each one. Okay. And in all of them, there's a lot of flashbacks. So like him, him and Padme in the past, or like how it could have been, or somebody's projecting images in his brain where he's seeing that she's there, or something like that. It just keeps happening in these. So in one of them it can, it comes up that you know he wins that that fight. They stay happy. They have a child. It's a boy named Jin is what they named him. And she he actually forces her into being Supreme Chancellor. And then oh. he backs her up.
1: Oh. And
0: so he kind of reconstructs the Jedi Council in his own image and Jin is up and coming as a Jedi. And he's saying, I'm, if he wants to be a Jedi, it's his choice. I'm not taking any part of it. I'm let, letting him choose his own path, stuff like that. So that's where that ended up going in that story. And again, that's a, that's a Legends series.
1: Because that was always one of my, my questions, is if he didn't get defeated on Mustafar by Obi-Wan, I know we have talked off Mike about, would he have been, that he had some diminished force capacity because he lost biological aspects? Possibly. So, and maybe he would have been powerful enough to overthrow or defeat Palpatine. And then Definitely. if he did that, would he stay Sith, or would he just create a new Jedi Order his way?
0: Well, I guess that was the other part of that story, too, is he did kill Palpatine.
1: Okay, which yeah. would make sense if he made Padme Supreme Chancellor. Right. So he could take over. So, he, But in that case, he didn't, he didn't see himself as a Sith Lord. He actually just reformed a new Jedi Order?
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: Was it like...
0: They didn't really get into details of it. Oh, okay. They, they just mentioned it briefly.
1: Because some of the, not to jump ahead, uh, but some of the stories that Luke goes on in the Legends novels seem to kind of almost parallel that to a certain extent because a lot of Luke's, what Luke tries to do in the, in the Legends novels is create a new Jedi order. Mm-hmm. And it always made me wonder, as like, well, what would Anakin have done because he obviously, because of the Clone Wars, was very unhappy with the way the Jedi were fighting the war. Right. So you could see him maybe seeing that it would be a good idea to start from scratch, and then he's the Grandmaster, and he could do things his way. Mm-hmm. But how, how, whether he would be gray, or whether he would be all dark, or how that would go, has always been something that I thought would be interesting to explore.
0: Yeah, I think, I think he would have been more light, because I think Padme would have pulled him more light as far as if padme still dies but he beats obi-wan i don't think it changes too much i think uh the emperor probably still would have had him put on a mask mask his identity because part of the fear in the galaxy for vader was nobody knew who he was nobody knew that he was anakin and he killed anakin and so that that being the story that everybody knows is like anakin is this you know, the best, the most powerful Jedi master that they've ever seen. And he was killed by this mysterious, Darth, large, huge, most
1: powerful person they've ever seen. Anakin was the most powerful Jedi. He was not a Jedi master. I thought he was given rank master. In the movies, he was not. He was, to not, he was, he was given a spot on the council. In oh, the pre- I mixed trilogy. that up. yeah but they wouldn't grant him the rank of master. And he was angry about that. It's like, how can yeah. somebody be on the council but not have be the rank of master? But then it's also doesn't really make sense because in the Clone Wars animated series, he does get a Padawan. So it's a little bit weird. But yeah. yeah. But yeah, anyone who is familiar with the Clone Wars would see him as the most powerful Jedi or one of the most powerful Jedi. And yeah, that maybe everybody wanted to perpetuate that theory that, Darth Vader, mysterious, who we don't know who he is, killed Anakin Skywalker. There are a few people who would have known the truth, but most of them were in hiding and didn't matter, like Yoda and Obi-Wan. But you also could see a lot of people who would, it would make sense for even them to probably want to go along with that lie, because they probably didn't want to admit the great failure of someone like Anakin falling to becoming a
0: Sith Lord. Well, beyond that, the people that knew were in hiding. So if they revealed the truth, then they would be revealing themselves and who they were. So there's that aspect too. And also anybody that found out was killed.
1: Yeah, exactly. That was the other thing that was sort of part of both the Vader and Palpatine thing is they really wanted to, I mean, everybody knew that Vader used the force. But Palpatine was very much against, he never wanted anyone to know that he used the Force. Like people, there were people who saw Darth Sidious, whether or not they knew Darth Sidious was Palpatine or not was probably irrelevant because the only people who really interacted with Darth Sidious were Count Dooku and the Separatist leaders, and Anakin killed all of them. Right. Dooku as himself, and then he, after he was technically Darth Vader, he kills all the Separatists. But also going on, pretty much Grand Moff Tarkin is the only person who ever knew Anakin as Anakin and worked with Vader as Vader, and maybe that knowledge was kept a secret, and he went along with it because he was the Emperor's preferred right military guy. But yeah, all the Jedi, most of the Jedi were wiped out by Order sixty six. A lot of the Jedi that survived didn't know as we saw in the rebel series no one knew who was behind the mask and even when ahsoka finds out she doesn't tell ezra and kanan right that it's anakin so it's one of those things is like even the people who uh, most of the people who knew were dead or in hiding or didn't want to tell anyone that that was the right. case. but i know that some of the stories that i had read too were i'm not even sure if they're canon or not but I've read novels that were set in between the prequels and the original trilogy mm-hmm. that there were times when Palpatine had to use the Force because like there was one novel where the Rebels tried to assassinate Vader and Palpatine mm-hmm. and they failed, but they stranded them on a planet and they were hunting them down. So Vader and Palpatine are on a planet with a very small number of stormtroopers and they have to fight off Rebels who are trying to kill them. During that book, Palpatine has to wield a lightsaber, throw force lightning, and expose the fact that he has the force. But at the end of it, anyone who actually saw Palpatine use the force, including Imperials, were murdered by Vader. Right. So that that stayed a secret. Yeah. I, I guess
0: that's an ongoing thing, too, where in all of the stories, Vader is so protective of the Emperor There's a lot of times where the Emperor almost dies and Vader saves him in so many different ones of the stories. And I know there's one in particular where there was like a bomb on his chair and Vader comes in and, you know, right before he kneels, he sees it. Force throws the Emperor to the side. Force pushes the chair out the window so it blows up outside and then turns around and kills the entire Imperial Guard for either not protecting him or for uh, facilitating in the planning of the bomb. And just no thought process either. Like, pushes it out and immediately turns around and starts killing him.
1: Yeah, because again, there have been other stories where, again, for the most part, Vader's there to defend the Emperor, Mm -hmm. but there have been other times where the Emperor has been forced, pun intended, to expose the fact that he is powerful in the Force. Right. But immediately, again, friend, foe, Imperial rebel doesn't matter. Whoever witnessed that had to be killed. Right. Again, it's still an interesting dimension, though, to that dynamic in terms of how they basically were keeping it a secret, and that's part of the yeah. part of the brutality of Vader. But it's also part of the. You had also mentioned it a few times. There have been. I don't know if it's canon or not, but like Vader, just like pretty much the whole Sith rule of two, Vader yeah. also. It's almost like expected that you should try to kill your master and take over.
0: Right. And again, in the material that I've consumed, basically Palpatine keeps him in check by constantly having people trying to kill Vader. So he's always on his heels. He's always on on the defensive. Well, I mean, he's never really defensive. He's always offensive. But you, you know what I mean? People are always coming for him. He's always keeping him down, keeping him in his place, reminding him that he's a servant. And that he's lower and he's just a tool to be used for as long as Palpatine wants to keep using him. And so that's how he keeps him in check, keeps him from rising up. And I know, like, one of my favorite stories, it's actually in, it's a canon, I believe, but it's just Darth Vader series. And in that, I guess it takes place immediately, like, the beginning of the book is the end of uh, Empire Strikes Back. Okay. So he just found out who Luke is and that Luke's there. And so like, and he's trying to connect with him when, when Luke flies away. So then he turns and he's like, I'm going to find out who it was that kept Luke from me, kept him hidden. And I'm killing everybody. And so basically as he's walking away, the emperor calls and is like, you know, Hey, get me Vader. And he just walks away, gets in the shuttle and takes off. And the, they're like, uh, he's not here now. And so he's like, you know, the emperor's like, good. Vader takes off, does all the stuff, but then when he comes back, the Emperor's like, you didn't do what I told you to do, you went off and did your own thing. So at best, you ignored an order, at worst, it's treason. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to rem- remind you fear. I'm going to remind you what got you th- your power. Starts force choking him, and then crushes all of his mechanical parts, his arm and his legs, rips him off, takes him back to Mustafar without his legs and arm, dumps him back in the exact same spot, drops his lightsaber just out of reach, tells him he's not allowed to use force powers. If he does, he's going to know and he's going to kill him. Make it back to me. And then leaves. And then on top of that, drops a bounty hunter off, Ocho Bastoon, who I believe is in the sequel. He's the one whose ship they're looking for. I think so. I think so. Uh, Basically drops him off and says, you know, kill him. And so, without using the Force power, he's got a one-armed, crawl his way back somewhere, he finds uh, droid parts, rebuilds legs and arms, fights off of a, like just does all the stuff without even using for, the Force. And I think the stories like that are what make the character interesting. That he's, just, he's got such absolute willpower, and that's what's really what makes him strong. Yeah, he's strong with the Force, but without that willpower he'd have fallen just like anybody else.
1: I think the other thing too, in some of the stories that I'm familiar with, again, I think most of them are non-canon, is sometimes his brutality and ruthlessness is him fighting back against, he feels like a glimmer of the light in him and he just wants to crush it.
0: Well, so they, they show that a lot too. Like anytime there's any kind of downtime where he goes into his mind for any reason whatsoever, he just gets flashes of himself choking Padme, of Obi-Wan standing over him, you know, of, of those things, and it just reignites that anger and hatred inside of him, and he just explodes with power again. And so and that's where I go into, sometimes there's glimmers of Anakin in there, because he's remembering the life of Anakin, but I, I guess there's also a little bit of, you know, Anakin was known for just jumping in headfirst and, and taking care of things. Well, that's exactly what Vader does too. He's just much more blunt about it. And they actually, in a lot of the stuff that I consume, they call him a couple, they call him the blunt instrument or they call him the emperor's fist a lot of times where they just look at him as you're, you're just the emperor's dog. You're his tool because that's what he looks like because he's just jumping into everything head first because he's powerful enough. He knows he can come out on top if he just keeps moving forward. Sometimes he has to kind of step back and he's more strategic And and he shows that he's actually brilliant. But most of the time, that's when nobody else is really around. When people are around, he just jumps in and just shows badassery. That's a word, badassery.
1: (laughs) And that's why I say, going back to what we said at the beginning, it's like, this is why Vader is so... He's just a much more interesting character because of that. that A lot of times, the villains are more interesting than the heroes. But, I mean, he just... that, That ruthlessness, that brutality that I guess to a certain extent that one-dimensionality makes him maybe easier to write for and easier to know what to expect from him, and that makes him a very fierce character and why he's such an interesting character to have in both canon and non-canon material. Well, I think it's,
0: to go along with that, it's more (laughs) the fact that he's got so much internal struggle That makes it easier to write because you can play that in so many different directions when you're writing for that character. So I think Luke has very similar and probably has some really good stories that I'm not aware of.
1: Well, the the difference between Vader and Luke, and again, for Luke, you have to step almost entirely outside of canon. I haven't read them. I know that there are canon comic books about Luke after Return of the Jedi and before the sequel trilogy.
0: Yeah, I've actually been looking for them, and I haven't found any yet.
1: I mean, a few of them uh, have drifted into like the early days before the Jedi Temple and his early days with Ben Solo and stuff like that. So there is some material, and then again, you have the little bits and pieces from the sequel trilogy and the the Mandalorian. Maybe we'll get some other things, but for the most part, you have to step outside of canon, and they're now all Star Wars Legends novels. And there's lots of different stories, but... I won't go into a great amount of depth, but the thing that happens like after Return of the Jedi, the Legends novels were commercialized fan fiction. Mm -hmm. Lucasfilm didn't like the idea, but when they saw how popular they were, they basically allowed the licensing of the characters so that they would also make some money off of them. And it just basically gave the writers, it's like, here are some things that you just can't do, but no matter what you do, it will never actually be considered canon. So even before Disney bought Lucasfilm, those novels were never really considered canon. They were just acceptable stories to Lucasfilm. And then Disney definitively made them non-canon. And in those stories, like after Return of the Jedi, and again, there's so many, and because of that, there's also so many different stories. So there's like, there's not one, there's one long stretch of, series of novels that actually are three sets of nine books each that are consistent.
0: That's more books than I've ever read in my life. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) But there's also one-off stories and other arcs. So it's not all completely consistent. But one of the things that is fairly consistent is that after Return of the Jedi, the Force ghosts go away. So Luke is basically on his own. There's no Yoda. There's no Obi-Wan. There's no other Jedi. So he has to kind of figure out, now what do I do? And in the early days, again, going back to what I was saying earlier, he wasn't powerful. There's a little bit about one of the things that's never really been taken into really explain well is what the balance of the Force thing means. So there's some allusions to, with Vader's death and the apparent defeat of Palpatine, the Force needs some place to flow now, and Luke just feels himself growing more powerful but doesn't quite understand it. But he also doesn't quite know what to do with it yet. So he Mm -hmm. goes like on searches to find the ruins of old Jedi temples, to find texts that he can read. He comes across other force-sensitive people who come out of hiding now that Vader and Palpatine are gone. And he gets into some fights and some conflicts. He makes a lot of mistakes, figures out some things along the way. But one of the things that is pretty consistent throughout all the stories is he very quickly realizes that if he steps up to the line, separating the light from the dark, that's when he is most powerful. Mm -hmm. So he really becomes powerful when he almost gives in to that temptation, and that helps him grow a lot stronger in the Force. And almost consistently throughout all of the stories, there are lots of times where he has to, like, Hold himself back because he's like, if I do this next thing, I will be too far gone. Like in one of the stories, one of the best characters in the Legends novels that a lot of people, including myself, were are hoping to see some version of in the sequel trilogy is Mara Jade, who is Luke's wife in the Legends novels. Mm-hmm. Mara Jade was known as the Emperor's Hand. She was actually a force sensitive assassin that the Emperor used to take care of some of the, the lesser problems. She wouldn't go after like Jedi and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But she was used to kill like the political inconvenient people. She killed them off for Palpatine while Vader and the inquisitors were taking care of the force stuff. Mm-hmm. But she is in- initially pissed off at Luke after the after Endor, after the emperor apparently dies and Vader's defeated and actually for a while tries to kill Luke. <laughs> They eventually reconcile and become, uh, get married, and he actually trains her to be a Jedi. From the way I
0: understand things, usually you get married first, and then the wife tries to kill you.
1: Yeah, but instead it happened the other way around. (laughs) So they also have a kid together, a kid named Ben, and what happens later in, in those stories is Mara, in those stories... Han and Luke, and this is, this is where it somewhat starts to drift. One of the things that makes the Legends novels interesting to me is it's not just Luke. There's lots of characters, including Force-sensitive people. Mm-hmm. So in those books, Han and, and Leia have kids. They have actually twins. Jason and uh, Jaina are the Jedi twins. They also have a, a third kid called Anakin who dies in a war, which I'll get to in a bit. But Jason, in my mind and in some people's minds, almost became... Kind of the prototype for Kylo Ren because it's Leia and and Han's son Mm -hmm. who becomes strong in the force, gets tempted by the dark side and goes dark. So long story short, Mara figures out that Jason is evil and knows that Luke will not be able to deal with it because he, he would have to go across that line. Mm hmm. So she tries to take care of it for him, and he kills her. Luke hunts down, there was a Sith acolyte that was helping him. Luke hunts down that Sith acolyte, a woman who, like Mara Jade, was a Force-sensitive assassin, and she claims that she killed Mara. They have a fight. Luke and her have a fight. She's falling to her death. Luke rescues her with the force, pulls her back up so he can strike her down with his lightsaber. Ah. And then he immediately regrets it. He's like, that was a mistake. Then he finds out that woman didn't kill your wife. Your nephew did. Oh, shit. And then he's like, I can't. And then he, and then he, he has a hard conversation with his own son. Actually, his son is named Ben. And he's like, I can't... If I avenge your mother's death, I'm lost. I will go to the dark side and there's no way for me to come back. Gina, Jason's twin sister, which is why a lot of people were hoping that Ray and Ben were brother-sister, she kills Jason for Luke. So that Luke... Well, that's sweet. So that Luke... Well, among other things, she wants to avenge... Because he's basically, in that story, he basically tries to become not just a new Vader, but like the new Emperor. There's like an Imperial, like the Empire didn't get completely defeated in those novels. It became an Imperial Remnant, meaning what was left of the Empire consolidated their power into one part of the galaxy, and they were just so powerful that they eventually were just given a seat in the New Republic Senate as just another government within the Mm -hmm. Republic because they just couldn't be defeated. Jason conquers their leaders and basically wants to bring the empire back, the original empire back. And he's going to basically be Vader and Palpatine all in one. And Jaina ends up having to kill him. But that was just like one example of many, many instances where Luke's like, he can't go full Anakin or full Vader, maybe full Vader because he'll never come back.
0: Yeah. Which is kind of where Vader was at.
1: Well, yeah. And, and, and there's lots of things where he's, very, very much aware of the whole thing. is like, this is why what my father struggled with. Mm-hmm. But he has this... Again, he's not being pushed by a Palpatine-type figure. It's all on him as the Grandmaster of a New Jedi Order. But again, he's at his most powerful when he goes gray and flirts with the dark side, but never lets himself go all the way there. Right. Yeah. And even that character, Jason, one of the things that made him interesting is in that whole universe of stories. The other thing that made Luke powerful is he had to fight a lot of people, like a lot of of other Force-sensitive people came out after Vader and Palpatine um, fell, but there was also a giant war that happened after that where a race invaded the Star Wars galaxy that was immune to the Force. Like they couldn't sense, you couldn't sense these people in the Force, so you didn't know when they were there. And you couldn't like force push them. Like we try to force push them and nothing would happen because they were immune to the force. You could still fight, use the force to fight against them. But they really negated the Jedi's advantage. So they had no metachlorian. I don't, they never explained it in those ways. They were from another galaxy and there was something weird about them. The details, they actually do explain it. The details are unimportant. Gotcha. So Luke is the one who sends Jason off. And in those books, it's not just Sith and Jedi. It's the Force. There are a lot of other Force users. And Luke actually sends Jason, it's like, you know what? We need to find other ways to to win this war. I want you to go around the galaxy, find other people who use the Force, and learn alternative techniques. Mm -hmm. Learn other ways of using the Force that Jedi won't study. Because we need an advantage.
0: Like the Night Sister sorcery type stuff.
1: Well, earlier, much, much earlier in that book series, Luke kills the Night Sisters. Dothamir actually, and again, I don't know if this I don't know if this inspired the, the animated series or not, but he goes to Dothemir and he discovers the Knight Sisters mm-hmm. and he actually ends up having to kill the Night Sisters. But they would be one example of people who use the force who are not Sith or Jedi. But he sends Jason out, and Jason learns some, like I said, it's it's stuff that a Jedi would never study, but he allowed him to study these things because they were in this war that they thought they were going to lose. And it's that stuff that Jason becomes super powerful, and he's like, fuck it. Why don't I just go dark too? Then I'll be even more powerful. Why not just embrace the entire force? Mm-hmm. And that's why he just goes crazy mad with power, and that's why he's also like, fucking almost impossible, like almost like Vader level impossible to beat. In fact, his sister Jaina beats him because Luke uses a force technique to lend Jaina his strength so that she's strong enough to fight and kill her brother. All right. So there's lots of really like, and this comes back to my my fundamentals of disappointment. It's not so much that I, I don't like what happened to Luke in the canon material, but it's just a part of my overall disappointment of the Jedi and the Force has been neglected. I mean, the dark side is about the only thing that's really gotten a lot of attention.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, in the prequels, all we really see of the Jedi Order is the fall of the Jedi Order. True. So, I mean, we don't really see a whole lot of Jedi other than the end of them. That's been my hope of ongoing series. And actually, what you're talking about there, to me, that sounds like it would be a fantastic animated series that could
1: go on for years. Yes. And that might actually be the way to do it. Because the other thing that was very interesting in that is, like, I mean, Luke, he starts and stops several times. He fails. This is one of the other reasons why a lot of people, myself included, were so mad about him. Is he just gives up after his first attempt at doing the Jedi Academy fails just before the sequel trilogy. He failed so many times in the books, so many times, but he never gave up. He did have to kick people out of the Jedi Order for a while and then ended up having to kill some of them, but he also redeemed some of them and brought them back to the light and turned them back into Jedi Knights later. But he allowed and encouraged Jedi to get married and have kids. And there was also very interesting not all Jedi were as powerful as each other. Like Leia was powerful, but not as powerful as Luke. Mm -hmm. But there was also this concept of like, not all Jedi were powerful in the force arts. Like not all Jedi were great at fighting with a lightsaber. Not all Jedi could do like the Jedi martial arts things and like the telekinetics and the flipping and the jumping and all that stuff. That wasn't just something that everybody could do. So some knights could do that. Other knights couldn't. There were also other knights that were better at, like, sensing people in the Force and doing Jedi mind trick type stuff. So the the, mm-hmm. the whole, like, Force powers were explored a lot more yeah. in the books. We got very, very little of that in any of the canon material, especially in the movies.
0: A little bit with the Force healing. Yeah. But that's that's about it.
1: Yeah, so there were a lot of really interesting Force techniques. And, again... an an exploration of the full spectrum of a force beyond just, oh, dark Sith, light Jedi, lots of other, like Luke meets other people. is like, I don't know what you're talking about. There's just the force. What's this whole light, dark thing you're talking about? So there were lots Mm -hmm. of other people who had very different perspectives on what the force was, what was the right way to use the force. And those stories, yeah, Luke was involved in them but those stories were much more interesting to me.
0: Fair enough. One thing, I guess earlier we were talking about, when we were talking about Vader, we were talking about how mysterious he was. And I know that was one thing I noticed in going back and rereading some of the comic book series, especially the Legends ones, is that most of them are actually told from somebody else's perspective. The story isn't even about Vader. You know, the, the title is Darth Vader and the blankety blank, blank, blank but then it shows like it's a story about a clone trooper that ended up you know becoming unique and fighting alongside Vader and like how they saw Vader what Vader did and everything and like what the interactions were like and stuff like that so i just think that in general it leads to the the mystery of Vader but also shows in how Vader is seen by everybody else and he's just this big massive larger-than-life, unstoppable machine. Literally, unstoppable machine.
1: Part of that sort of that mystery, though, was also one of the other things that I found interesting in the Star Wars Legends novels that I'm familiar with was the general public knew very little about the whole Jedi-Sith thing. Mm-hmm. Like, we already talked about how Palpatine concealed that he was Sith, and people knew that Vader killed Anakin, so Vader killed one of the most powerful Jedi. But... To the general public, the difference between a Sith and a Jedi meant nothing. Right. Like in the books, they were like, here's someone who's really strong in the Force and sometimes uses a lightsaber. When he does bad things, you don't like him. Sith, whatever. I don't know. He's trying to conquer us. That's evil. Versus he's, you know, helping us. That's good. So the whole idea of, because there were times where the idea of redemption. And the political strain between the Jedi Order and the Republican government was played out a lot, too. Uh, The new Republican government, the Republic that replaced the (laughs) Empire, not Democrats versus Republicans. All it took was a look. Yes, the Galactic Republic. Because they were like, yeah, so the new Jedi Order was there, but the new Jedi Order had almost like the same conceit as the Jedi Order we saw in the prequels. They kind of felt like they were... They served the Republic, but they kind of felt like they were above its laws. So there were people who, like, Luke redeemed people. Like, there were people who went to turn to the dark side, killed a bunch of people. People saw this person who's strong in the Force and using a lightsaber murder a bunch of people. And Luke say, oh, they have been redeemed in the Force and they are a Jedi now. And And the government's like, uh, they should be in... Prison because he murdered a bunch of people. and Looks like no, it's good, and that causes a lot of problems throughout the novels of people not understanding. You know, even when like when I said earlier, when Jason goes dark, no one really says, "Oh no, he's going to be Palpatine, Vader." It's like here's, again one of these superpowered people who have just decided to use their superpowers against us. So right. the idea of there being a difference between a good force user and a bad force user came up several times. And in, in one of the book series, Luke actually ends up having to resign from the Jedi Order because basically the government attacks the Jedi Temple. And they're basically like, yeah, you're super powerful, but we're just going to bring like the entire army of the Republic and just attack you. And Luke's like, this is going to end badly. It's like, if you force us to fight you, we will slaughter you. hmm and he comes to a compromise where he, decides, he agrees to resign as Grand Master of the Jedi Order, allow the government to pick his replacement, a Jedi they can work with kind of thing, and have a kinder, gentler Jedi Order that does what the government tells it to do, so that that kind of smooths over that problem. Which is kind of what the Jedi Council was before when they fell. Exactly. So that same type of hubris and difficulty. And again, to the general public side, it's like one of them could just be Vader or one of them could just become... Pa- and, and even some of the people who were like in on the secret, who knew the Jedi well enough, would throw Anakin in Luke's face. It's like, what's the difference between you and your father? Yeah, I know who your father was. Oh, shit. And again, that would piss Luke off. But he also understood what they meant. Right. That, oh, okay, you have a point. You think we're going too far.
0: Right. And, yeah. he,
1: strugg- and he struggles with that through a lot of those novels.
0: Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, th- and that actually just reminded me, when you're talking about like, them going up against the entire army, there is actually one other story. It's called Vader Down, and it's just a one-book thing. But basically, like during, during the rebellion... Vader gets shot down. He lands on a planet and he becomes surrounded by basically the entire rebel ground forces, you know, a shit ton of them at least, not the entire, but everybody that's there at that base. And they're basically surrounded and they're pointing at him. They're like, hey, surrender. And he goes, all I am surrounded by is fear and dead men. And proceeds to just mop the floor with everybody there.
1: And one of the things that precipitates. The thing I was talking about earlier is in that story, the part that I kind of forgot about, there was this weird, like, I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole of the story. Let's call it a virus. The Jedi Knights get infected by a virus of sorts that makes them think that everyone else has been replaced by a duplicate. So they think that everybody else is evil And they basically just start killing people. So Jedi just go nuts and just start running around like murdering fellow Jedi Knights, murdering government officials, murdering military people. And the Jedi have to basically try to contain them. And that's what the the government is like. It looks like we have it under control. It's like your Jedi Knights are losing it and killing people. There's an interesting story in those books about it goes down. I, I I won't even bother to go down there. But it, again, it feeds back <laughs> into that whole idea of, to the general public, the difference between someone essentially going Vader or being a Jedi Knight was a distinction that was lost right on the general public, which is why it would have been more interesting to see it explored in the canon material.
0: Yeah, there's very kind of similar to where you're going with that. There's a book series, uh, Dark Visions, comic book series. And in that, basically, again... It happens a lot. That's another similarity between Vader and Anakin. He gets shot down a lot. (laughs) And uh, in this one, he gets dropped onto a planet that basically they don't really even know anything about. And the people on that planet don't know anything about what's going on outside that planet. So basically, there are species of people that have to live underground because there's a giant, huge monster, basically, that if they come up from underground, that monster eats them. And so they live underground, and then every once in a while, that monster sleeps. They use that time to basically run out, grab what they can for food, and then run back in before it wakes back up. Well, in the space battle that ends up making Vader fall down, wakes that monster up too early, so everybody's scrambling to go back. But one of the kids uh, is like, I need to watch this. Like, I I think I'm meant to watch this. And basically how he sees it is this monster comes up, and then here comes this black god with a fiery sword from the sky. And that monster attacks this god. And so this god is then fighting the monster. And at first it looks like the monster is going to win. Because, you know, this black god gets, gets cast aside. Then all of a sudden it he comes right back again and destroys this monster that's plagued his entire peoples. You know, it saves everybody from this monster. So at the very end of it, after he kills the monster, he comes face to face. The child comes face to face with Vader and is like, thank you. And Vader looks at him with his lightsaber still ignited and says, you should not thank me, child. And then right, right as he says that and is towering over this child, one of the shuttles comes to pick Vader up. And so he's like, what is that? And Vader goes, it seems the force is with you today and just hops on the the top of that shuttle and flies away. And so it kind of shows that at least for me in that story is not everybody even knows the force powers exist. And so to them, when they see somebody with force powers doing the thing, they're just gods. Right. And and especially in this story, doesn't know Jedi, doesn't know Sith, doesn't know if they're good or evil or whatever. He just sees this God came down from the sky, destroyed the monster that has plagued their planet, saved their people and then flew away. That's pretty awesome story.
1: Yeah, it is. And again, that's one of those things that I didn't like it, but it was understandable that in the sequel trilogy, everyone thinks the Jedi and the Sith are just myths, and no one's really seen anyone use that kind of power. And again, what else would you think if you saw someone use that kind of power that makes sense, that that would be their impression of it?
0: Well, that's kind of alluded to in the original trilogy, too, where, you know, you're the only one left of that ancient religion. Right. Yeah
1: again, it is because of Order 66 and the ongoing right. work of the Inquisitors of Vader and Palpatine. And this kind of comes back around to one of the things I like, or don't like. The Sith had a plan. Palpatine had a plan. A very patient, very well-thought-out plan of how to get rid of the Jedi, and even after Order 66, to deal with the stragglers. Why Vader was being sent around and the Inquisitors were being sent around. It's like, hunt down and kill any of the remaining jedi right the padawans anyone who seems like they are f- could become force powerful and therefore become a threat to us eliminate them and as we saw in the sequel trilogy there were even plans and contingencies for what if we do get defeated yeah to come back what yep. the fuck was the jedi's plan after they get defeated at the end of the prequel trilogy, again, I didn't think about this until years later, but it's like, why wouldn't like Yoda and Obi-Wan have started some like new Jedi order, some like secret underground movement to help protect the people that the Inquisitors were hunting down, help the rebels fight back against them? What was their plan to come back? you can't tell me that their plan was Luke, because that was not a fucking plan. No, Because we talked about earlier, it's like, that was kind of like a fucking suicide mission that Luke decided to take on. And then even after that happens to work out, what's the plan for rebuilding the Jedi Order, preventing the Sith from coming back again? Nothing.
0: Well, I think also part of that, though, you have to read between the lines, because they don't really say it, but I think part of it is both of them knew that needed to be the end of that Order. Because where they were at at that point, they both were seeing the flaws in what the Jedi Order had become and what they were doing. There, there is, so one of the, the other books, that, it's a Legends book, but in it, um, it's called the, uh, the Ghost Prison. Where basically, during the Clone Wars, there's like 270 some, I think they said, prisoners that the Jedi defeated, took as prisoner, but knew that those prisoners were too powerful for the Senate to be able to actually hold. So they put him in a prison that nobody knew about and held him there. And then they were after the war, they were going to bring him out. But then everybody died that knew about it. You know, except for Obi-Wan and, and Yoda, but they weren't going to go there. I found that interesting, too, where that, that's in it when they were talking about, like they showed a part of the Jedi Council talking about the prison. You kind of see in it, they're like, yeah, we really shouldn't have this. Like, we're really going against what we sh- everything we stand for by even having this prison here. But there, we have to do it.
1: There was even a, a slight allusion to that. It's not exactly the same thing. But in the Rebels animated series, when they try to capture Jedi by luring them to that planet with the message from the actually dead Jedi Knights, yeah, they yeah. even talk about, it's like, ooh, this facility that we have to attack is actually specifically designed to hold Force powerful people. Right. So at first I like, oh, it makes sense. If they were holding a Jedi prisoner, a facility like this would be the type of facility they would be held in. Right. And it ends up being a trap. But yeah, those types of facilities. It's a trap? It's a trap! But the other sort of thing that was floating through my head about that, and it comes back around to, again, my, my great overall disappointment in Star Wars canon material with the Jedi Order and with exploring the forces, I could buy into Yoda and Obi-Wan, like you said earlier, realizing that the Jedi Order was a failure and and that version of it needed to end. I could also buy into it after the prequel trilogy and other canon supporting material that maybe they decided to rise above it by focusing on Qui-Gon's meditations and learn how to become a Force ghost after death, and basically leave this world behind mm-hmm. and quit in that manner. It's not the same way that Luke quit in the sequel trilogy. And that was one of the things that I had a problem with. You could argue, yeah, Luke quit, so didn't Yoda and Obi-Wan. But they seemed to quit for a more, for lack of a better phraseology, spiritual reason. Whereas they just had Luke quit just because he wanted to quit. It wasn't like he was meditating on how to become one with the Force, although he ends up becoming one with the Force. But again, it goes back into my, there should have been some plan. Okay, maybe that version of the Jedi Order needed to end. But something, I mean, Yoda says, pass on what you have learned. Well, shouldn't there have been a plan for how do we revitalize the Jedi Order or bring it back or something? You know
0: what they should have done is like written a bunch of books.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, again, the Jedi <laughs> Legends
0: novels, but I mean, those were written... No, no, no. no. They were the Jedi texts.
1: Well, those were, yeah. I mean, th- those are in the sequel trilogy. They're also in the Jedi Legends novels, too. I mean, that's how Luke finds out, because again, right. Yoda and Obi-Wan... They
0: weren't teaching him.
1: No, because again, they basically... Again, it's, all of it's left open to interpretation. Lucasfilm would never allow an explicit explanation of anything because they, want, they wanted it to be left open-ended. But for all intents and purposes, Yoda and Obi-Wan thought that they were done when Palpatine was quote-unquote defeated, mm-hmm. and they just disappeared. So Luke had to go hunting for ancient Jedi temples and learn the Force through books and through trial and error on his own. But you would think that there should have been some kind of a fucking plan. And if not in-universe... The story of Star Wars should have had a fucking plan. Right. For the sequel trilogy to start with, there's no Jedi, there's no Sith, everyone thinks it's a myth. And, again, I can accept the open-ended way that the Return of the Jedi closes, because it left you open to thinking, well, what will happen next? Will Luke try to start a new Jedi Order? What will happen next? We get the same unanswered open-ending to the conclusion of the sequel trilogy. Is Rey gonna train anybody? Is she gonna start a new Jedi Order? Does she even consider herself a Jedi? No answers. And that's what I just find incredibly frustrating, especially when we see, again, I don't like the story, but the sequel trilogy shows that the Sith had a fucking plan. Palpatine had a fucking plan. And again, the Jedi, and I don't buy, it's the same thing as like, I don't buy that the plan was Luke. I don't buy that the plan was Rey either. Oh, S.H.I.E.L.D. just come back and stop Palpatine, we'll be good. Right. That doesn't make any sense. Well, they didn't have a plan because they thought they were undefeatable because they thought all the Sith were gone. I understand that. But you would think, though, some of the Jedi survived. Again, Yoda and Obi-Wan survived. Right. Someone, again, in-universe, someone should have had a plan. Outside of the universe, Lucasfilm or Disney, I think the problem that I have, that I find Star Wars so frustrating, as we've talked about on the podcast before, what does the balancing the Force mean? Mm -hmm. And what is the whole Sith Jedi divide? Something. And again, the only thing we really get is a lot of Sith stuff, dark stuff. They're the bad guys. The other side, other than showing us that, to your point, the hubris of a Jedi Order, thinking that they were so powerful that they could never be defeated and the Sith would never come back, which also doesn't fucking make sense because the long fucking history before the original trilogy is cycles of Jedi beat Sith. Sith beat Jedi. Jedi beat Sith. Sith beat Jedi. It's been going on for eons, even during Yoda's own fucking lifetime. So how could it not have been a fucking plan?
0: You guys should really be watching this.
1: It's... Ugh. So that's the thing. It's not so much that I really... I don't like what happened with Luke, but I wouldn't give a fuck if they had told a be- with the sequel trilogy or any, or any of the other what will come out canonized material a fucking good Jedi story, a good Force story. If you have to fuck Luke over, that's fine, but give me something that fills that gap. I wanted to see some version of a new Jedi Order. I wanted some answer to the Jedi versus Sith or light, dark, divide thing, balance of the Force. What does that mean? I don't know. And where we're we're, we're at right now, again, the end of The Mandalorian season two, I thought was an overcorrection. Technically, they could tell some Luke stories because the destruction of the Jedi Academy doesn't happen until six years before The Force Awakens. So I guess you could tell some cool Luke stories, but knowing how it ends and that Luke just quits and then what happens happens with the sequel trilogy story. That's why, again, like I said, I just don't like anything after Return of the Jedi, not just because of Luke, but because I really don't think that they did anything good with the Jedi and the Force.
0: Well, to your point, too, you think, you think they would have had a plan in place anyway because they've seen, you think they would have started thinking about it right after Darth Maul. Because all of a sudden yeah. the Sith came up out of nowhere. That exactly. They had no idea they existed. They knew that things were dark and clouded. Why didn't they come up with something? Exactly. So, yeah, you got a good point there.
1: It should have been some type of a contingency plan. Right. Again, especially when some of the other things that they may go back and do like Knights of the Old Republic Mm -hmm. or some of the other. Because right now, the the story inside of the the trilogy timeline, I don't think that they can do from a Force perspective. I don't think there's anything useful that they can do because they they spoiled Poison the Well with the sequel trilogy. But they can go to the past or to the future. The future would be a little bit more difficult because of what they did. But you can go into the past. There were Jedi long before the Jedi we met in the prequel trilogy. Oh, yeah. And again, like I said, those stories are also non-canon now. But like I was saying earlier, it was cyclical. It wasn't like, hey, we beat the Sith. They'll never come back again. Hey, guess what? They did. Oh, the Sith beat the Jedi. Oh, well, the Sith are going to be in charge forever. Oh, guess what? The Jedi came back again. It just kept happening over and over again. Right. And the fact that that just gets dropped.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I think there's a lot of interesting stories about the past. And I think even if they were to go forward with the future, maybe they just start over with, oh, here's some people that are discovering that they're Force-sensitive and trying to figure out how to control
1: it. That could be an interesting series. Mm -hmm. Because that was the other thing I didn't like about the sequel trilogy, right? We talked about this before, too. It's like Rey goes from like 0 to 100. She doesn't even know what the fuck the Force is. And she figures out enough of it. Yes, he got hit in the chest with Chewbacca's crossbow weapon and was bleeding to death. So he wasn't as powerful as he would have been. But Rey knows nothing about the fucking Force, picks up a lightsaber and has a duel with it. No, she should have got her ass kicked like Luke got his ass kicked. Then in The Last Jedi, with what? Non-training training from Luke? She goes off and faces Snoat and kicks fucking ass again. No, Luke was a understandable hero in the original trilogy because he didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Even if he had force power, because obviously Rey didn't discover she had the force before the force awakens. And then she just becomes ridiculously fucking powerful with no training and just basically wins. Like I said earlier, it made perfect sense that Luke got his ass kicked. It made perfect sense that it was Vader, not Luke, who defeated the Emperor. Doesn't really make a whole lot of fucking sense that Rey was that powerful and she beat everybody. With right. no training, It just as a storytelling cheat. And it's just so ineffective for me in terms of why, I mean, right. like many of the reasons why. I, again, I have no problem with Rey. I like Rey. I like her character. The story was just fucking stupid.
0: Right. Yeah, I agree. There should have been that first fight. She should have lost.
1: Yeah, the
0: rest of it would have been okay because she at least got some training after that. And there was that one throwaway line of, you know, as the dark rises, the light rises to meet it. So she became more force sensitive because of that or whatever they tried to pass off. Okay, but like you're saying, there's no training at first. Right. And not enough to go head to head.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. Whereas Kylo Ren had been trained by Luke Skywalker, had been trained by Snoat, had fights with people. I mean, he, yeah, it just was not, uh, it just didn't make much sense. So yeah, it was just, again, disappointing. Because again, like we've said before, they turned the sequel trilogy into action movie, Star Wars stuff, and it just became, I'm not trying to say that the original trilogy, the original trilogy has a lot of flaws but from a storytelling perspective, even though there's a lot of stuff left open to the imagination and not completely answered, it at least has a better storytelling framework than yeah. what we got after it.
0: Yeah, the original trilogy in rewatching it again, I watched it on Disney Plus, so it's the newer version of it. There it is definitely flawed. Especially now with all the additions that they put into it, which look terrible. In compared, like, oh, so out of place and ridiculous. And that's a whole nother rant that I don't want to go down. But they were limited. You, you could tell in going back, it, it doesn't hold up visually. And where you can see the like, oh, they're just piecing things together. And, you know, oh, he's wearing a tablecloth for a cape. Okay. You know, <laughs> stuff like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we all wish that we could have had like the, the scene from Rogue One be the Vader scene in A New Hope. Oh, yeah. Or if we could have had lightsaber battles from anything else other right. than the original trilogy would have made the lightsaber battles between Luke and Vader so much better. Or between Obi-Wan and Vader. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so much. it could have been so much better.
0: Well, and also, like, in the, in the prequel series, the way they use the lightsabers and stuff, they're showing, like, you don't have to hit hard with a lightsaber. Because if it's a lightsaber, you... You make contact, you win, basically. Right. But you go to the original series, and they're swinging them full tilt like it's a broadsword.
1: Right, yeah. You know,
0: it's like, because they didn't really know. You know, the actors didn't understand. They they didn't know what the vision was and what they were doing. They were so, okay, I got a sword fight. All right. Right. You know, so that that that's a thing, too. And you can see it when you go back and watch the original trilogy, for sure. And I think, uh, like I said, uh, there's a lot of different possible stories. And I, I'm, I'm on board with saying they just need to go to animated series. Yes. They, they do some live action too. But if you want to tell good, solid stories, at this point they have to be series. You're not, you don't have enough time in movies to be able to explore it the way it needs to be.
1: I still contend to this day that possibly the best Star Wars canon material is Star Wars Rebels. It's good. It's a really good story. They actually explored aspects of the Force and of the Star Wars universe in a way that I didn't think would be possible. They showed us things like the Inquisitors that we've talked about a few times. They showed us, you know, some of the people who survived Order 66. And then they explored like the world between worlds and other aspects of the Force. I mean, it was interesting. And it's really impressive to me that they were able to tell such a good story despite being narratively boxed in. So it's not impossible for them to tell stories. And who knows? The Ahsoka series could still tell some interesting stories. So it's not impossible. But there's also just a lot of problems that happen just from the franchise being as old as it is. Obviously, in hindsight, it would have made a lot more sense for Ahsoka to be in the original trilogy. But she wasn't a character yet. Right. So... There's lots of things that could have been done better and could have been done differently, which also makes it hard to like wedge some of those characters into the story when you put all the pieces together. But who knows?
0: What if in the Luke series that I wish they do, after the Emperor's defeated, Ahsoka comes out of hiding and trains Luke?
1: That would at least make sense. But as we saw at the end of uh, I mean, things are intentionally kept vague. I mean, Ahsoka basically sends Mando to a planet to send a signal, but you would think that she would just, like, contact Luke. But yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what, like I said earlier, the overcorrection. Maybe
0: that's how she contacts Luke. Wait, no, Luke's already trained at that point.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. He just shows up super badass at the end of Mando season two, and it doesn't make any. I mean, I know it's set six years after the events of the Return of the Jedi. I agree. It would make more sense if Ahsoka trained Luke, or at least helped train Luke. Mm -hmm. Especially in like lightsaber techniques, She could definitely teach him to be a badass duelist, but for him to just be off on his own without her help or anyone else's help.
0: It mm -hmm. would make more sense in how he became so Vader-esque in that scene is she's teaching him here's what Anakin taught me. Right. I like this series. I can't wait for them to make it. <laughs> what else you guys? Is there any other Luke stories that jump out at you that, that you're really connected to?
1: No, uh, there are lots of them. But again, it, it all comes back to, again, it all comes back, again, more to my interest of, I wanted to know what happened next after Return of the Jedi. And mm-hmm. I was very interested in seeing Luke create a new Jedi order and what that would look like. Now, obviously, some of those books were also written at different times. So we didn't, some of them had the benefit of the prequel trilogy, some of them did not. Again, it drifts around a little bit because it is commercialized fan fiction. A more unified series of books could be written, and maybe they will do something like that canonically that could mm-hmm. tie some of those things together. But again, the main thing for me was I wanted uh, a further exploration of the Force the light versus the dark and not just the Jedi versus the Sith, but just the force in general. And, and yeah, Luke plays a pivotal role in a lot of those stories, but he's not the only character. So it's yeah. really more, I wanted more force stories because that's really the part of star. There's lots of parts of star Wars. I like, but that's the part of star Wars. I like the most.
0: Right. Well, of course, I mean, that, that kind of goes without saying, almost. It's,
1: I mean, it's kind of a defining characteristic that differentiates it from other similar right.
0: franchises. Right. I think uh, I agree with what you're saying at the beginning. Vader is the much more interesting character because we know so much about him. But I, I would argue for your character, there's so much potential there for Luke to have very similar arcs and very similar stories. I want to see it.
1: Well, that's why it's so disappointing. I agree. There was a tremendous amount of potential, and a lot of that potential was explored. Not all of those legend novels were great, but a lot of that potential was explored in those books, and that's why it's such the sequel trilogy has been, was such a colossal disappointment, Mm -hmm. especially for Luke. And that's why, I mean, it really, I would still even argue that even if some of that material had been canonized and in a different universe, the sequel trilogy was done completely different and in a way that preserved Luke's legacy and, and showed some type of Jedi Order that maybe got partially wiped out by the weapon that the First Order fires in the first movie, but he goes on to, to recruit and train people, including Rey, but then he gets killed and she has to finish. I mean, again, some other story that made all that and also left the door open for canonized material to come in and, sh- and tell mm-hmm. an awesome story about what Luke did after Return of the Jedi... Even if all of that stuff happened, I would still think that then, and only then, would it be possible for Luke to be considered a more interesting character than Anakin. Right. But without that, again, and, and it's one of those things, it's like, I think you need both. I think you need both. I, I, again, Anakin and Luke. I, yes, I know he, you, you, th- you see him as a different person when he becomes Vader. I actually don't. I still just see him as Anakin. But I think that they're both really good allegories of, again, Anakin, then Vader, giving in to the dark side, giving mm-hmm. in to anger and aggression is both relatable and interesting. And then having Luke, who's tro- who believes in redemption and using, finding the best in people and, and, and staying on the light, is necessary and interesting mm-hmm. you need both and i think that's in part why star wars works is there is a light side and a dark side that's fair but they just haven't done and i think again it comes back to the dark side is easier to write for because trying to figure out how should the good guys be the good guys and what's the right way that's a lot harder to figure out than just have someone loaded up with anger and aggression just fuck people up and kill them That's just easier to write. I'm not saying it's better. Is this easier to write? Yeah. And that's why, and I would argue that's why we get it. Figuring out what's the right way to be a Jedi? What's the right way to use a force? What's the right way to be a good person? That is just like opens up a whole can of worms of argument over philosophy and religion and other stuff like that. Whereas most people would say, hey, yeah, that dark side stuff, that's pretty fucked up and you shouldn't do that. And that's probably why it's written the way that it is.
0: Maybe, but there's also, I mean, there's, there's a lot of comic books written that are more light-side, good-guy-oriented. I haven't read them because I'm just basically just reading the stuff on Vader. That's about it. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot out there. Did we hit all the points you wanted to hit? I think I've said everything I can think of saying. All right. How about you? I think I'm pretty good. I mean, anything else from here, I'm just talking about more of the awesome exploits of the Vader, but I think you guys should just check it out yourself. <laughs> get get the, uh, the Marvel Unlimited app, and you got all kinds of comic books to look through.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, it's harder and more expensive. Oh, if, you don't have to buy them. I guess you can find them in a the library, but yeah. it's harder to consume the Luke stories that I'm alluding to, because most of them are in, in books, not comic books, although there are some comic books as well. But there are a lot of them. I mean, I read probably 30 books. Again, Luke's not the only character. That's probably the other thing that's a little bit different between the characters. I mean, there are other people in Vader's stories, but it's mostly about Vader. Luke is just one of many characters Mm -hmm. in the books that I was alluding to.
0: Well, really, like I said, most of the books, the comic books that I've read at least... Vader is a, cent- a central character, but again, the books are told from the perspective of this person like, that was doing a thing, and then Vader shows up, and he's doing things, and they're working with him, and how they interact. There's very little about Vader itself. You're just kind of watching Vader do these things going, oh crap, holy shit, what the hell? How did that happen? And then the guy's like, oh, that changed me, and then Vader kills him. <laughs>
1: And who knows, maybe they'll go that way with Luke. I mean, Luke at the end of Mandalorian Season 2 was kind of like that. I mean, he didn't have much to say. Again, going back to my earlier point, Jedi, Sith, what's the difference? Everyone Mm -hmm. in that control room thought that they didn't know it was Luke, but they thought they were going to get murdered by this lightsaber-wielding, force-powerful guy who's just ripping through all of these super troopers that we couldn't even take out one of. He's annihilating them all. When he gets through this door, he's going to murder us all. So it's more of And then he has very few things to say, and he, and he leaves with uh, Groku. So maybe it's just more like that. It's like, what the fuck was that? Who was that? And so maybe it's that just the legend of people reacting to... Remember that guy dressed in black that had the yeah. green lightsaber that fucked everybody up? I wonder what ever happened to him. So two things. Okay. One,
0: I think it might be interesting and incredibly frustrating if from here on in any of the series he just pops in does a thing and leaves and you just keep having him just show up. I think that'd be interesting to see him just pop up in places but also incredibly frustrating it's like just tell the story of him the second thing is you just said Groku and I wasn't sure if you were trying to say Grogu or Goku
1: <laughs> baby fucking Yoda <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of stories a lot of stories that could be told. A lot of stories being told. I'm very excited that I have the Vader stories that I have because that's exactly what I, how I saw Vader before I even knew what the backstory was. So I'm glad I can, I can actually go back and reread and re-see these things. And on that same note, I wish and I hope to see more of that kind of thing for Luke. It's because I really want to see him as more of an interesting character than I do.
1: I agree, but I think the best way forward, as we've mentioned several times before, not just on this episode, is do something different. Like, forget Vader, forget Luke. There are other characters, and again, they're not canon anymore, but there are other really interesting characters. Like, we both like the character of Revan. Oh, yeah. I would love to see Revan material. Oh, I would too. And there's lots of other interesting characters, and I think part of the issue is just stay away from the established characters. Just go off and do something else. And then, then none of this baggage comes along with me Like not liking what they did with Luke in the sequel trilogy. Who cares? It's some other character in some other part of the timeline in some other part of the galaxy. Maybe they don't even call it Jedi and Sith. It's some other use of the Force or something. I don't know. Just go someplace else and tell a different story. And do something with Grey. And that's the other... Yeah, that's the other thing again. The, the term... Wasn't used a lot, but if I were to describe a lot of the early journeys in those books that I was referring to, is for a very long time, they were gray. They weren't all light. They definitely wanted to resist the dark. They were more like a gray Jedi order, which makes a lot more sense and mm-hmm. I think would be more interesting. Do it. Do it. Do it now. Do it now. <laughs> Well, we are now about to embark on turning our podcast into a trilogy. We are about to start our third year of doing the podcast. So, thank you very much to anyone who has been listening to us for any part of the last two years. Uh, you'll probably guess that we'll probably keep talking about Star Wars more, but also other things. But thank you very much for putting up with us for the last two years.
0: What he said. <laughs> Thank you for listening to
1: Fanboy and the Hater. We really appreciate it and would love to hear your feedback. Give us a rating. Write a review. Reach out to us on Twitter at Fanboy Hater, Email us at thefanboyandthehater at gmail.com. You can find all of our episodes on our website, fanboyandhater.podbean.com. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Where you can download the free
0: Podbean mobile app for Android and iOS. You can also find us on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify,
1: iHeartRadio, and many more.
0: Once again, thanks for listening to The Fanboy and the Hater.